genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, a daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 live-action Ninja Turtles sequel, The Secret of the Ooze, one roof-talking minute at a time. See, that time I did the adjectives. Out he's of did, back. You did the I'm thing. I'm back. Top form, ready to go. Talk Ooh, about he's awake minutes. and trying. <laughs> All right, here we are in minute 22. I am Scott, by the way. This is Chris, Rachel, and Adam. Say hello, Chris, Rachel, and Adam. Hello, hello Chris, Chris, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel and Adam. Oh, my God, we didn't plan that. <laughs> <laughs> and we are, I love you guys. Group thing. <laughs> we're, the, we're the same person. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's like split. There's a James McAvoy sitting somewhere, and he can do these three voices perfectly. It's me. I'm, uh, I'm James McAvoy. And, and it's out of Rachel. sync, too. I'm it's James amazing. McAvoy. No, I'm James McAvoy. No, I'm James McAvoy. <laughs> We're all James Which McAvoy. one's the ugly one? <laughs> Somehow he has They're this all gift the ugly of one. actually talking over himself. Yeah. I don't know how he does <laughs> yeah. it. Talent. That While is, drinking is, a glass of water. That is advanced ventriloquism. <laughs> that, that young man deserves an Oscar. Yes. Or at least to win, a, what was that, like, Star, star Search? There you go. Yeah, sure. With Ed McMahon. Yeah, that's very 1991. That's, that's appropriate. <laughs> get a uh, get a Comedy Central special. Hmm. So anyway, like I said, we're in minute 22 here today, which starts with Splinter in a window, and ends with uh, the turtles reacting to seeing an ooze canister that they haven't you know <laughs> really ever seen before. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's start it off. The first thing about this minute that I really like is that it's just a shot of Splinter, and he just sort of, like, lifts his head up and does, like, a sort of, like, inquisitive gesture with his body, which I just sort of like from a puppeteering standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very subtle, but he's it's almost one like, of those. He's almost like, yeah, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Come at me. Something I've seen a dog do. That kind of, I like. I think there's been enough coming. <laughs> you said dog do. Dog do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Not my intention. Oh gosh! But I've I've seen dogs do that. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. I get it. My dog does that sometimes. He's like, "Are you listening to me? Pay attention to me." <laughs> do I need to tilt my head and look adorable? You know, you know. There, there's um, there's a thing about Splinter that like doesn't um. So so like when they are up uh, uh not to skip ahead too much but when he's sitting up there on on top of you know whatever the air conditioner vent or something and he's like this majestic wind swept like lion king rat um with like his his mustache blowing majestically in 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 the breeze like the way his head is like out and separated from his body the way his like you know like his proportions and the way that he's shaped he looks less like a rat and more like a dog. Mm. Well, that has sort of always been the criticism of Splinter. And I, I don't know if it goes back into the comic books, but definitely in certain versions of the cartoons that they've always said he's been very dog-like. Yeah. Uh, the 2000, was it 2003 cartoon on uh, Fox Kids or whatever, he was very dog-like in that one. Yeah. Um. I kind of like Splinter when he's a little bit more dog-like. He's kind of cute. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it might dogs just be are cuter than rats. It might just come down to that that dogs are more aesthetically I, pleasing than a giant rat would be, so they make them look I, more dog-like. 
Yeah, I think what it is is that a dog is able to sort of like move its head more, move its head more independently. It has a longer neck. Its its head is more separated from its body, and it's able to do the sort of movements that you would sort of expect of a person. It, like it makes more sense for a dog head to be able to sort of move around, whereas yeah. like rats are stubbier and shorter, and like their their heads are like more joined to their bodies. And like it seems like if he's a rat body, it sh- he should look. He should be like a hunchback. Yeah. Now we remember watching the the Tony Shalhoub Splinter performance from the Michael Bay movie, right? He's yeah, pretty he's rat like, looking in that drunk. one. You were pretty drunk, but he's very <laughs> rat looking in that one, and I have to say, I don't like it. <laughs> Rats don't have shoulders, also. Yeah, true. that's the thing. Yeah, true. Um, true. I mean, Splinter doesn't have a lot in the way of shoulders. He's just he also got like very fluffy neck fur, which I like a lot too. He's got like kind of reminds me of my mm. dog in that way. Because my dog has, I have a Shiba Inu, my and he's got splinter. very fluffy neck fur. Um, you you have your very own Doge. I, I want to do, meet your dog, do. Scott. Your Scott. Your dog. Your Scott. Your, your Scott, Scott dog. Your Scott. <laughs> your but, uh, Scotty dog. Your dog looks awesome. I want to meet him. He's he's all right. He's okay. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> no, he's all right. He's a good he's boy, just, but he's, he's no ninja rat. That's for sure. Mm. No, I suppose um, no dog is a ninja rat. So the turtles are asking Splinter what he's been up to. You've been meditating for many hours. Michelangelo is standing in a beautiful apron. He looks just lovely. Um, <laughs> when I if first... you look at it, the way that it folds, it almost looks like he's wearing a like a pantsuit or overalls <laughs> with that floral <laughs> yeah. pattern just because of the sort of pleat in the middle of it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about that. I just, I keep getting, I'm staring at this apron. I'm getting lost in it, trying it's to decipher domestic. what it is. When I it went back to domestic. watch these minutes for uh, to prepare, I didn't notice he was wearing the apron until this point. <laughs> like I had to go back to the previous minute and go like, oh, Adam, no, he's he was wearing, wearing it the approves. whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just noticed it now? Yeah. No, he's not wearing an apron the whole movie. Ah. <laughs> um, Home but, ec with Donna. Right. <laughs> So uh, Splinter basically right, beckons the turtles to go upstairs, and uh, he says it's time to, to go above. Donatello actually turns to April and says— You should probably hear this. Yeah, I never noticed that before. He sort of invites April upstairs with them, which, you know, it's it's not a it, what I would call a, a, a hidden part of the movie, but it's something that I've just sort of never paid attention to or that is stuck in my memory. And one of them goes like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Donnie's got this weird role in this chunk of minutes where he's kind of just saying things that are happening as they're <laughs> Exposition happening. Exposition turtle. <laughs> like, he's just saying what the computer says? Yeah, he's just like <laughs> the audience's own thoughts. Yeah. Like, I, I hate writing that does that. Like, well, oh, we need, we need a character to, to say what's going on just in case there's, I, I don't know, maybe a blind person in the audience. Maybe. <laughs> But, the blind well, person in the audience gets to hear the sort of adaptive I, audio version. Well, yeah, there's. I was I was that. speaking with my friend uh, uh, Brandon Warren, who we had as a guest last year, and he'll be a guest <laughs> on this one again. And we had a little podcast a while ago, and one of the things that we talked about was the writing in Star Wars and in, in certain movies. You know what makes a good movie and a bad movie, and a good movie is inherently, you know, if you trust your audience to understand the jokes, if you trust them to follow it. It usually works out better than if you spoon feed them stuff. And this is a movie where it does kind of spoon feed the plot to the audience. And I guess Donatello is probably the most tangible uh, uh, aspect of that. Well, I had a screenwriting professor in college who used to refer to it as porno dialogue. 
in that <laughs> oh god the, the, i can't wait to hear you describe this i've got the, a delivery for you would you like this delivery well no no Here, no, 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 no deliver it. not even that he was like he was like if you ever watch a porn the only thing anyone ever says in a porn is what they're currently doing yeah i'm gonna <laughs> blank that blank yeah or it's like i'm doing this to you it's like yeah we know we can see that do like, you know <laughs> why i pulled you over it's for being too hot in a 45 but yeah it's a little bit of wisdom I didn't think it was there. That bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my new thing for this week is just awkward silences. Chris, don't feel bad. It's just something I'm trying out. <laughs> and it you just gotta like let it linger. Follow everything I say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, porno dialogue is an interesting way to do it. Uh, uh, to to phrase it, uh, I immediately was thinking of the, uh, the uh, Sigourney Weaver character from Galaxy Quest. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly. And that also, yeah, that that aesthetic uh yeah. Yeah, porno dialogue for her character in <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Cuz like, you know, how her uniform couldn't close. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. That was the point. Got it. Um but yeah, I think, you know, the first movie I I think it does give the audience a little bit more credit. It doesn't have It does. A lot of this. In the second movie, like you said, Chris, it is clearly more meant for children. Like so maybe, yeah, explain it a little bit more. Help usher the kids along through the story. Donnie I don't know that you need to do it, but. Donnie's kind of like that grandma in the movie theater. Like, ow, he's the <laughs> guy that did the thing. <laughs> oh, God. Or, or like right now, up, right how do these two know each other again? <laughs> What's his uh, name? Or right when something bad's about to happen, they let out an audible, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I hate that person. We were in some movie. It may have been a Marvel movie. I don't remember. But like a guy in the theater had already seen it. And he was like, watch this. Oh, like, that's he, the worst. <laughs> he like preempted every major thing. Like, shut up. There, sh- there should be like an usher in every movie theater who just kicks that guy yeah. out. Like, when you see this part. Dude. It's like, like before you buy the ticket, you have yeah. to mark, have you seen this movie before? Or it's, like, it's like, I wasn't staring at the ground. We're in a movie theater. Yeah. Of course I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> uh, um, but Splinter goes on. He starts talking about although this. I don't mind that guy in horror movies. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair. I don't it do helps. horror movies well. Yeah. Um, so we're up on the roof. Splinter's sitting on, you know, some sort of air duct. He's got a pile of books. This is clearly like his his nook, the Splinter nook. He's got some this is pillows. His pride rock. He's got some throw pillows, a TV news reporter. He's got hours. A pile of books Where and a lovely come <laughs> to a decision. decision. He's got a lovely matte painting of the city of New York in the background. <laughs> I I love this set. Like it's so like it's good if it it would be good if it wasn't so bad. Like it's it's almost like nineties set. It's like they snuck onto the set of Sesame Street for a day. (laughs) Yeah, but they lit it really well. Yeah, I mean this is this is the closest we've seen so far to the lighting from the first film. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It is. It does look a lot like the first film in this one. Um, this, I mean, everything is, it feels, I don't know if higher resolution is the best way to put it, but everything is still a little bit more crisp on screen, maybe less saturated. I don't know, uh, the, the terminology. It, I mean, it's still a little cleaner of a shot, but it does remind me a lot more. I, I mean, mostly because I think it's probably just the same matte painting they used for the first one. <laughs> but there's, there's more contrast. Ah, maybe that's it. Um, so the turtles are up there and they're listening to Splinter talk and he does this sort of big monologue about the past and, and, and how the future is about to intersect with the past. And I can't 
help but think, like, we know that the puppeteer is in the air vent, right? That Splinter is sitting on top of? Yeah, it's probably like a hollow box made to look like an air vent. But, Adam, I guess my question is, what is the mechanism that's working Splinter's mouth? I think that's the puppeteer. Like, Do you think it's his hands? Because it's moving in a very jagged way in this. If we skip forward a little bit, and you get, like as the camera sort of faces the front of Splinter, it to me almost looks like it, it's either an animatronic mouth on Splinter. I think it's or a mix. It might be some sort of mechanical mechanism inside the head that's moving. Well, I don't think it's a hand. Is in I mean, it's certainly there. not a hand going chop, chop, chop. Well, I, I, no. I, I think you, you couldn't you couldn't see me at home, listeners, but I went chop, chop, chop. I I think it's a mix between the two. I I think it's a hand operated puppet, but there's servos operating things like, like, um, the, the, like his, his whiskers and his eyebrows and his ears and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm almost looking more at the, like the jaw and the mouth opening and closing itself. I don't know. Maybe it is just the hand. I just, it looked awkward to me in this scene and I don't know if it's because like, Maybe they had to be under the puppet so far. They needed an animatronic in the head, whereas in other shots they can sort of be behind the puppet more and they can actually reach their hand all the way in. It's also uh, it's also one sweeping shot where we come in. So True. so yeah, they had to hide Kevin Clash somewhere. Yeah, really well. <laughs> I mean, he's under the thing, right? But I mean, like if you think of like a Burton Ernie kind of puppet, right? Where it's two guys' hands up in the puppet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's believable that it's, you know, an arm's length away. The mouth of the puppet is an arm's length away from the head of the performer. This one, the the splinter body just looks so long that unless Kevin Clash is, like, up inside the body along with it, it just it seems like a long way for a hand to travel. I'll tell you what, though, man. Puppeteers are contortionists. I, it, I was crammed into some very small spaces when I was working on Anadonia, our director of uh, our puppet director told me the one time he was like, there's three P's in puppetry, pain, perspiration, and partial blindness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're, you're in a tiny box, you're sweating, you can't move and you can't see what's going on around you. That sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah it's if claustrophobic. You're lucky, I think you have like a monitor so you can at least see what you're doing. But right? there's there's a weird mirror disorientation yeah, that happens yeah. with the monitor because what you're doing is you're doing the you're going the opposite direction in the monitor. Right. And it it it, it doesn't seem like it would be it would throw you off that much, but it takes a while to get used to that. Mm. I was gonna say if you've been it's got to be like when you go rollerblading for like two hours and then you get out of your blades and your feet are still feel like they're rolling. Or if you've been in the ocean all day and then you get out of the ocean and you still feel waves. Or jumping on oh, a trampoline yeah. and yeah, then walking. Yeah, yeah. It's odd. All backwards in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but anyway i just i th- I thought this was sort of a cool shot and i was just kind of trying to figure out how it was all put together and how they did it all but i uh it, it's just good puppeteering it's quality puppeteering and it's a lot of dialogue splinter gets a lot of words to say in this one i would like to invite ariel back to do this whole monologue <laughs> she <laughs> probably could probably she was a treat man that was fun man yeah. that was fun exposition rat um, so as Chris, you mentioned the, uh, sort of windswept whiskers, which I think looks great. I love how everyone's so bandanas are blowing and Splinter's hair is blowing around. Yeah. Um, essentially this whole thing boils down to, Hey, look guys, I have the canister. 
I don't think I'm skipping Shocker. over too much. We get a couple reaction shots of the turtles. <gasps> Raphael looks like a Goomba from Mario in this one. <laughs> like from, his, from the Super bit. Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> For some reason, at like 46 seconds in, his face looks so much flatter than all of the other turtle faces. Like his snout doesn't protrude as far. And he just looks like he has Goomba face. Mm. <laughs> um, but Splinter, you know, goes ahead and he uh, uh, he pulls the rag off of the ooze canister. And, of course, Donatello says, that's the canister that held the ooze. <laughs> yeah. Because he just says everything the computer says. Yeah. <laughs> um, Donatello is just our narrator through this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we end it. That's the end of the minute right there. And I also have to say, I don't like Donatello's face in this movie either. There's, There's something been some about weird that head sculpt. <laughs> There's been some weird puppetry throughout this uh, uh, this last couple of minutes. Like Leo's yeah. uh, facial expressions, like they don't really line up to what he's saying a lot of the time. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's very strange. Donnie's almost it, got that like shocked Kermit face. <laughs> you, you know what I'm like where his hands go all wiggly and he's like, no. Nah! <laughs> kind of. Let me see if I can find a picture. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Like yeah, when he's biting his, like, his mouth nails. Goes back? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is sort of at this point in the movie, I'm kind of thinking, like, okay, it's it's oh, we're gonna figure out the secret. This is the secret of the ooze. Now we are starting to delve into the actual secret of the ooze. And you think That's that the name from of here this on movie. out, from here on out, it's got to be like intense, you know, diving into the turtle's origin, and uh, in no way could anything get even sillier or crazier as this movie goes on because we've clearly just turned a corner here, right? It's just it's darker and more serious from here on out, right, guys? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I just now realized that we don't get any moment in this movie where they say. The words, the secret of the ooze. That's true. We I don't. love those moments in movies. Rachel can attest to this. Even if oh, we're yeah. in a movie theater and someone says the name of the movie, I have to go, that's the name of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I this movie you. is called. <laughs> oh, there should you. also and be. And then Adam sits in the movie and he goes, but watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that, that that same usher should then kick that guy out of the theater. We don't do it much in the theater. You do it more at home. I, can, I give you a nudge and we yeah. make eye contact and then you roll your eyes. <laughs> oh God, the visual of that running through my brain is hilarious. In my in my brain story, Rachel just gets up and leaves. <laughs> she just dumps her popcorn on the ground. <laughs> That's it, I'm leaving. No, not even angry, just kind of like, but this is just Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this hasn't been just Star Wars yet so far. I don't not, know if that's a good or a bad. But this is just no. Empire. <laughs> no, no, um, it's not Empire. It's not Empire no, at all. it's definitely not Empire. It's kind of a little Attack of the Clones. A little, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I guess that wraps up minute 22, and we're going to get a little bit more rooftop action in the next minute. So I, I have some comments, action. but I think I'm going to save them for tomorrow. Make sure you guys head to uh, duelinggenre.com slash support. Contribute to our yes. Patreon. Yes. And uh, help all the cool dueling genre podcasts yeah. keep going. Yeah, there's uh, no veil there that's impenetrable. No, 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 no impenetrable. Too deep to penetrate. Shadows or anything. Couldn't be penetrated. Non-penetrable. Everything there is quite penetrable. All right, then. <laughs> and uh, check us out at TMNT Minute on Twitter and on Facebook and uh, Instagram. So, yeah. For us, bye. 
Bye. <laughs> Later. Cowabunga.